So as we begin our message today, I just have some reminders for you. I just have some reminders for you. That a son or daughter will spend their first Father's Day without their father. Right? A father will spend his first Father's Day without a child. A man is grieving because he and his spouse can't have children. They've always wanted to be parents. He's always wanted to be a dad. A father is not able to be with his children due to distance, due to deployment, due to divorce. A son or daughter will be without their father because he's not a part of their lives. A son or daughter will be missing their father who has passed away. A father will be missing a child that has passed away. And others will struggle to find joy in a day that celebrates fathers when their father wasn't that great. But I also want to take a moment to remind you that when we come to Father's Day, we do. As I prayed earlier, God, we want to honor, we want to celebrate, we want to remember our fathers. But I, I have an example that I've heard here recently that I want to share with you that is a reminder that as you walk through life, you never know what another person is battling. You never know what another child is battling with. I know of a young man who does not know his father at all. He's not a part of his life. He never met his dad. Do you know how he realized who his dad was? His dad's picture was a mugshot in the newspaper. And someone said, you look an awful lot like this guy. And he began to ask questions. And indeed, that was his father whom he had never met. We need to pray for people like that young man. Amen? You don't ever know what anybody else is going through. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that at Bible Fellowship Church that we are honoring and celebrating our fathers. There are some pastors that that don't want to celebrate those things. They say it's secular. God, it's not. You, You have said in your word that a marriage is between one man and one woman. And that takes a father and a mother. And so God, I thank you for my father. I thank you for the fathers who have allowed these people under the sound of my voice to, to be a reality. Lord, that you knew the great plans that you had before them before they were ever made. When they were in their mother's womb. And so Father, this morning... We thank you, we praise you for our fathers. Lord, but we pause to remember those who don't have their father. Whether he's deceased, whether he's incarcerated, whether there was a nasty divorce, whether he's just not a part of their lives. So Father, we just ask now for a special blessing, as Brother Jimmy mentioned earlier, God, we do indeed ask for a special blessing on those who struggle this Father's Day. But God, I thank you that you are the perfect father. 
And if we'll look to you, you will supply for all our needs. Not our wants, but for our needs. And so, Father, thank you that you are indeed a good, good Father. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now listen, as, as, we were, as I was preparing for this week's message, I asked kind of an unusual question on Facebook. On my, on my Facebook page. I said, name one thing that your dad is not good at. Name one thing your dad is not good at. Go. Listen to some of the responses that I got. Expressing his emotions. Organization. <clears throat> the daughter of one of our church members wrote in, Cooking. Communication, sewing. Now, I did take home egg, but I don't remember much of that from middle school. But anyway, sewing, matching clothes, lying. Well, that's probably a good thing that their dad wasn't good at lying, amen? But they said that's what they said, lying. Cleaning, singing, ah, having a filter. Not an air filter, but a filter. A guard on their mouth. Fixing things. How about this one? Answering the phone. Right? They always have it. They're always on Facebook. They're always doing stuff. But you call them, they won't ever answer. Patience. He wasn't good at saying no to me. Ooh, that might be. That, they might enjoy that. I don't know. That might not be good, though. They might need counseling eventually. <laughs> Remembering things. Discipline, listen to this one. My dad wasn't good at being a dad. My dad wasn't good at speaking softly. My dad wasn't good at using technology. He's not good at holding his tongue. He'll tell you how he feels and he's done. How many fathers does that sound like? Why did I go through that exercise? Why do I share those things this morning? I share those this morning because no earthly father is perfect. No earthly father is perfect. They all have imperfections. As I was reading a devotional by a guy named Boyd Bailey, Boyd is a gentleman who lives, I think, near Atlanta. And he just began to journal and, and write as he was going through his daily Bible study. And then he began to share that with people online through email. And just, it began to grow and to grow and to grow. And that's, he now has a site called Wisdom Hunters. If you want to look it up, wisdomhunters.com. They share devotionals. They send them to your email. They are online. They make uh, Facebook squares and put them on Facebook and Instagram. Why? Because they're wanting to call people's attention to the Lord. They're wanting to meet people where they are. See, church, that's why in the day and time that we live in, what worked before, praise God, it worked. But guess what? Times change. And we have to interject where we have to interject the things of God into the spaces that God makes available. That's why this church has a Facebook page. That's why this church has an Instagram account. Why? Because we're dripping, we're, we're posting things into people's timelines to call their remembrance upon God. 
Does it take that long to do that stuff? No. Is it worthwhile? Yes, because you never know the nugget of wisdom, the verse of scripture that you share and how that might impact someone. And so for Mother's Day, I preached a message called Present Over Perfect. Present over perfect. You can find that on our website, BibleFellowshipSumter.com, under the messages heading. If you weren't here for that, I'd like to go back and listen to it. So present over perfect. And so today I want to talk on the subject of imperfect. Imperfect. So I'd like for you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the New Testament. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. So Matthew, Mark, and then Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to be in chapter 15. We're going to look at just a few verses this morning. But let me begin to set the scene as you turn to Luke chapter 15. Here we find probably one of the the most told stories in the Bible. One of the most told parables that Jesus gave. It's the parable of the prodigal son. Now, you can have people who are far from God, who don't even believe in God, who know about the story of the prodigal son. And so this morning, under the heading of imperfect, I want you to see something. I want you to to catch a glimpse of who God is and how God uses imperfect people. Look with me, if you will, in chapter 15, we're going to read three verses, starting in verse 11. And he said, who is that? Jesus. So Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many, not many days later. Isn't it interesting what scripture tells us sometimes? Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Word of God, speak. Imperfect. Imperfect. You see here, Jesus is describing a man with two sons. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see what's happening here in the text. The younger son is calling and saying, hey, give me what's mine. Do you, hear, do you hear the voice? Do you hear kind of the tone? Hey, give me what's owed to me. Do you hear a degree of arrogance in that? Hey, give me what's mine. I know it's coming. Go ahead and give it to me. And so what you need to realize here is that where we find ourselves in the day and time when Jesus is preaching and teaching, the oldest son got two-thirds of what was his father's. The younger son only got a third. Now, most of the time, as you know, even today, what most people get their inheritance after someone who has died. My grandmother, for example, did a little bit differently. She had some things set aside and she began to give them to her children while she was living. Why? So that she could see them enjoy it. And you see, I want want you to see this too. I want you to see that from the outside looking in, this was an imperfect situation. Amen? Amen? But I want to also remind you that when we look from the outside looking in, 
Do we know what's going on in that family? No. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God works through imperfect people. And He works through imperfect situations. We're to turn to our Father who is perfect. And so one of the things that we have to remember, guys, is is we, like this father that he's talking about, he had this inheritance, and he had a way to where he was going to give it to him ahead of time. That might not have been his plan. That might not have been the father's plan. Why did he do it? Well, I don't know. But he did it. Do you think people cast judgment on him because he did do it? I think so. You fool. Oh, man, look at that family. Look at what he's doing. Look at how he's living. But this father tried to do the best with what he had. And we see in this text that the pressure of raising two very different boys was raw and real. I can tell you that. I have two sons. Night and day. One is a bull in the china shop and one is loud as all get out. You put them together and it's like the Tasmanian devil of twins. You know, everything's going to be loud and there's going to be things that are broken. But this, this father saw that raising these two sons was different. It was difficult. And so this day, he, he faced the challenge of how to respond to, dis, to the disrespectful demand of his youngest son. You see, for the son, the youngest son, to call and say, Hey, give me what's mine. Give me what's owed to me. I want it now. That was not only arrogant, but it was also disrespectful. And listen, the dad decided to give both boys their inheritance. Listen, knowing that they might not be ready. And you think about that with our Heavenly Father. How often do we ask for things... And God knows that we're not ready for them. But what if he gives them to us anyway? Right? And as we see in the text that the younger son squandered his stuff and the oldest son grew self-righteous, I encourage you to go and and to look the story back up. And as we know from the story, it says that the that the younger of the two, that he, he, he squandered his wealth, he squandered what was his, and that he began to eat with the pigs. Now you say, well, that, Pastor Chris, that's gross, right? That he's going he's gonna to stoop down and go to the feeding trough with the pigs. But what you've got to understand is in the day and time that Jesus was preaching and teaching, this was radical. This story would have shocked them. Because why? To the Jew, the pig was unclean and it was dirty and not even to be touched let alone to to kneel there at the feeding trough and be eating beside them but you see when the guy got when the son got what he wanted and he squandered it away he hit rock bottom he was desperate and he realized what he could have had. Listen, Boyd Bailey, as I was reading one of his devotionals, he reminded me, and I want to remind you this morning, that 
imperfect fathers must trust the Lord to bring about His perfect plan. Imperfect fathers must trust the Lord to bring about His perfect plan. Micah 7, 6-7 says, For a son dishonors his father. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, for God my Savior. My God will hear me. Listen, above all, as imperfect earthly fathers, we must lean into a perfect heavenly father. He takes our best efforts and he carries out his will. So guys, you might say, well, I'm not a father, so I'm just going to tune out and I'm going to think about what I'm doing this week. No, I'm talking specifically this morning about fathers, but this verse could be applied to you as a mother, as you as a son, as a daughter, as a grandmother, as a grandfather. Imperfect fathers, imperfect people trust the Lord to bring about his perfect plan. Listen, God takes our mistakes and he teaches us humility. God takes our mistakes and teaches us humility. He takes our weaknesses and he makes us strong in him. Right? Our imperfections are not an excuse to plateau as a parent or as a believer. And I think this morning, if you don't hear anything else, if you're striving for for perfection in your life, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your walk with Christ, you will never meet perfection. God uses imperfect people. God uses imperfect things. God uses imperfect situations. Why? To draw us closer to Him. For us to realize our need for a Savior. If our lives were perfect, would we need God? If our lives were perfect, would we need God? And I began to think about that, and Kendall and I talked about that yesterday as we drove to the beach for the day with our family. And I said, okay, how does that work? What does that look like? If our lives were perfect, we wouldn't need God. Well, what about Adam and Eve? And is that theologically correct to say that? But it is, and you see why, is because they had perfection but they chose their own way. They had the perfect life. They had the perfect setup. They had all they ever needed, all they could ever want. They had perfection. They had it perfect. It was perfectly made, but they chose their own way. They chose their way over God's way. And because of the sin of our first father and mother, sin is inherited in each and every one of us. You don't have to teach a child how to misbehave, amen? 
mamas and daddies, fathers, as we celebrate Father's Day, you don't have to teach your child how to misbehave, do you? They do. But thank God for a loving and correcting father. So what do we do? We're to keep learning. We're to keep asking for forgiveness from our Heavenly Father and from our children. Right? I'm, I'm not perfect. No matter whether it's a year from now or five years from now or whoever, wherever you are, any man who stands behind this sacred and holy desk is imperfect. Don't put them on a pedestal. Don't say, well, my pastor is flawless. and That's wrong. Right? Because they will fall. They're human just like you. They're a sinner in need of a Savior who God has pulled out to make much of Him. You have to ask for forgiveness from your Heavenly Father. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not preaching some prosperity gospel here this morning. Don't hear me say this. But you have to also apologize to your children. And some of you say, well, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness from my children. I'm their parent. Well, let me tell you what. A few weeks ago, we sat down in our living room and we, we had a discussion. Right? Because I, don't want, I know that I'm imperfect. I know there are things and times when I miss the mark. So we sat down as a family and we simply said, guys, I don't always get it right. And I'm sorry. You know why? Because I don't want my kids to grow up and become 18, 20 years old and walk out of my house and say, I saw one thing at church and I saw one thing at home. I'm not perfect. God doesn't expect you to be perfect either. But he does expect for you to look to him. He does expect for you to say, okay, God, in my imperfection, man, I just want to smack this person. God, in my imperfection, I just want to go out and I want to earn all this money so I can do all these things. No, no, no. Look to him. As I hope you've learned over the last few weeks, do what the psalmist did and turn to God and just be real and raw and just tell him what's on your heart and what's on your mind. If you're grieving, grieve and and be real and truthful to God. He doesn't want your pleasantries. He doesn't want you to just come before him and sing the same old song or, or repeat the same old words. But wherever, whatever you're going through in your life, call out to him. We're also to be active in our children's lives. We're to pray for and with our children. Listen, when we're honest about our fears and struggles, we create an environment of open communication. Fathers fail when they quit. But they succeed when they stay engaged with their children and with Christ. Fathers fail when they quit. You are never a failure until you quit. Until you quit trying. Learn from those things that have come across your, your path in your life, in your family, when you failed. Realize, pray and ask God to help you realize those things and to realize how to take next steps. To realize how to ask for forgiveness. But also to point out that you fail, but don't quit. Stay engaged with your children. Stay engaged with Christ.
Listen, fatherhood is not for the faint of heart. Motherhood is not for the faint of heart. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. Being a grandparent is not uh, for the faint of heart. Being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is not for the faint of heart. Whatever your role, it requires a heart of faith. You can't, but God can. You can't, but God can. And so what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you this morning? Well, the psalmist tells us, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This morning, all fathers are a work in progress. There's none perfect. No, not one. This morning, there are mothers that are a work in process. Amen? There's none that are perfect. No, not one. Can I remind you of something else this morning? There are believers in Jesus Christ who are a work in progress. There are members of churches that are a work in process. There's no church member. There's no believer in Jesus Christ. There's no mama. There's no daddy. There's no son. There's no daughter. There's no friend. There's no loved one that is perfect. No, not one. But there is one perfect. And his name is Jesus. And all he asks is for us to turn to him, to turn from our sinful ways and to turn toward him. Listen, your imperfection as a father, your imperfection as a mother, as a grandmother, as a son, a daughter, a neighbor, a fellow church member, your imperfection should keep you dependent on your heavenly father. Amen? Salvation in Christ Jesus is for you to receive and, remo- and model for your child all by faith. See, one thing is for certain that you can't be your best without learning from the best. Amen? You can't be your best without learning from the best. And alone you may be better a better father than some, but with the help of others, you can become a better dad. You can become a better mom. You can become a better son, a daughter, a friend, a believer. And how do you do that? This morning, I want to remind you that you have to find community. You have to find a smaller setting. You have to find a small group. You have to find someone else that you're going to do life with one on one. Look at what Jesus did. He had 12, he had the inner three or four, and then he did ministry and he did life one on one. Sure, he did it with the 12. And even in there, Judas walked with the risen Lord, but yet he failed miserably. So just by being around people doesn't make you saved. Amen. Just by being around those things doesn't make you where you're not going to fail and you're not going to mess up. 
But listen, you have to find community. You have to find a way to be a part of conversations that discuss what God is doing, what God has done, and what God wants to do. A group of people who will love you, encourage you, and most of all, and point you to Jesus. Right? That they will help you grow as a believer as you learn more about God and the struggles of life. And then and only then do you realize that you are not alone. And that God isn't through with you yet. You see, when we share our stories, when we share our struggles, like if I came in next Sunday morning and I said, hey, I want somebody to share their struggles with the church. How many people do you think would stand up and share a struggle? Very few, right? But if you're struggling with something as a father, if you're struggling with something as a mother, as as a child of God, and you go and you sit across from the lunch table with somebody, and, and you know that they've gone ahead of you, and you respect them, and you respect how they model their Christianity, and how they love the Lord, and you sit across from the table from them, and you say, man... I just don't know about this parenting thing, man. Like, what do I do in this situation? Lean into those other people. It's not going to happen in a large group setting, but it's in smaller settings and done one-on-one that you are reminded that you're not alone and that God isn't through with you yet. Fathers, today is your day. Mothers, your day was last month, but... Listen, get around other dads. Talk about life and parenting. Be raw and be real. And that doesn't just happen. It takes time and it takes being intentional. It takes getting one-on-one and sharing your hearts and your struggles. But can I remind you this morning that it's worth it. It's worth it. Will you be brave and bold this morning like some of our folks have been over the last year and they've told me about it, praise God, and there have been other things that I don't know of, praise God, but there have been times where people said, I need strength to do this. I want to disciple somebody. Your prayer might be this morning, man, I'm a dad and I want another dad to be a part of my life and I want him to sharpen me. Will you pray that prayer this morning? Will you put that in writing? Not for me, but for you. Will you put a date on that? And will you... Will you honestly and willingly pray that to your Heavenly Father? And I want to remind you that if you do, if you if you write it down, if you pray that in your heart, and you give that to the Lord, Lord, send me a Father who would help strengthen me, that would help sharpen me. Can I tell you what would happen? There's going to come a time as you pray that God's going to answer that prayer. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next month, but three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, you go and you run across this piece of paper in your Bible and you say, hey, on 6, 16, 19, I prayed, God, send me a father to help sharpen me. Send me a mother to help sharpen me as a mother. Oh, God, you sent this person. You sent John. You sent Lois. You sent Todd, you sent the, you, you answered my prayer. Will you be willing to pray a prayer like that this morning? Listen, imperfect fathers learn from imperfect fathers. But imperfect fathers seek the perfect father. Other fathers will let you down. Friends will let you down. Family will let you down. Lord knows church members will let you down. Why? Why? Because they're imperfect.
They're imperfect. So what do you do? You extend grace. And most importantly, you don't look to them as your Savior. Because they're not. Can they help you along the way? Yes. Can they listen? Yes. Can they save you? No. Can they change hearts and minds and lives? No. But God can. As you seek relationships with others, never stop looking to the Lord. We're almost finished. We're almost finished. Y'all know sometimes I give you prayer examples. Here's one that Boyd Bailey shared that I like about his devotionals because he shares like a tweetable, he shares a prayer, he shares other verses you can look at. He usually shares a YouTube video that you can go and listen to. But listen to the prayer that Boyd included in this devotional I was reading. He said, Heavenly Father, keep me in the process of receiving your perfect love and grace. Keep me in the process of receiving your perfect love and grace. What a perfect prayer to pray. So how can you apply all that we've talked about this morning to your life? I think it's this way. What dad, what mom, what believer is a few years ahead of you that you can learn from? Right? What what dad, what mom, what believer is a few years ahead of you that you can learn from? You say, well, okay, thing, I thought of this person. Well, you thought of them, write it down. Pray about it. But also be intentional. Maybe you need to send a text. Maybe you need to pick up the phone. And maybe you need to invite them to lunch. And sit across the table and say, Brother Bob. Brother John. I did that last year. With John Cook, one of our missionaries who passed on to glory Within the past year, I I was able to sit down across from him. And at the end of our time together, I said, you have gone ahead of me. You have seen things I have not seen. You've been around the world. You've seen God work. Now, what would you tell me as a young man of God? He told me. I wrote it down. And I'm thankful for that time. Because I think John said that there's no end to what God can do if he asks you to do it. Amen? There's no end to what God can do if He asks you to do it. So listen, friends. Imperfect fathers trust the Lord and will bring about His perfect plan. In your imperfection, in your imperfect lives, seek the perfect Father. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank You this morning that my father was imperfect. Just like all the other fathers that we talked about from those who shared about their fathers on Facebook. Lord, that our fathers were not meant to be perfect, nor will they ever be perfect. But God, thank you that you knew that and that you had a plan and that you sent your perfect son so that we might be made right, that we might be made whole, that we might be made anew because of Jesus. And so, Father, this morning as we talked about being imperfect fathers and mothers and believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we would write down a prayer, we would write down a name, and we would begin to pray, and we would begin to have conversations so that we might learn and grow together. 
Lord, I thank you for those men and women who have come alongside of me and shared their wisdom and shared verses of Scripture that have helped them. And so, Father, I pray today as we leave this place that we would go together, that we would worship as we go. Lord, that we would remember you and remember that we are imperfect, that we are in need of a Savior. Father, we just ask that you would continue to guide us in spirit and truth. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.